0: If you want something that's good and hot, just eat a hamburger, it'll hit the spot. You can
1: see them on the griddle, go and flop Makes you want to do the, bookie, do the, to the burger, to the hamburger Welcome to the BurgerPalaceAudio.com podcast for industry professionals. I'm Andrew Heil. From copywriting to producing, directing to acting, in television, multimedia, or movies, the BPA podcast is your source for learning about the many different behind-the-scenes roles that comprise the entertainment industry. So in studio today, we have W.L. Jenkins. W.L. Jenkins is the author of How to Audition for TV Commercials from the Ad Agency Point of View. Interesting story how this book came about. And he's a voice actor, very talented, also a very talented copywriter who has worlds and years, if I may say, of experience. Welcome into the studio.
0: Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Yeah, it's uh, quite interesting what an industry we live in, you know, day to day, and and the folks that we meet. And I'm just really thankful that that you took some time to come all the way out here and 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 speak with us.
0: Uh, it's my pleasure. I, I um, I've known you for a while, and. Uh, um uh, we've worked together on some stuff and so uh, I'm very happy to to be here and talk with you.
1: Very cool. thanks. We have been talking you and I about all the different aspects of copywriting and mm-hmm. voice talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've made the transition to uh, to being a voice talent but mm-hmm. you've got a background of an acting background which sort of led you through this whole journey
0: That's true yeah so I,
1: tell me where that came from
0: well I I, uh, I started. Well, I'll put it to you this way. For starters, uh, I was an actor. Uh, I was uh, on stage. I was a theatrical actor and on-camera actor. Then went into advertising, and now I'm back to acting. So it's (laughs) like uh, this has taken place over a long period of time. But uh, I uh, came to California in the early 70s, and I uh, just kind of out here, you know. And uh, I was in, in the Bay Area, came out with some friends, and just was kind of on a lark and fell into acting uh, by taking some classes with an amazing acting coach named Jean Shelton. And she had been uh, a protege of Uta Hagen, I'm pretty sure. And uh, so I fell in with her and then auditioned for the Berkeley Repertory Theater. And uh, was an apprentice and then became a company member of Berkeley Rep for a number of years.
1: Business-wise, mm-hmm. when you come out here to do acting, yeah. when you go anywhere for acting, people don't pay attention to the fact that there's so much more to it than just walking onto a set, mm-hmm. doing an audition, and making your way in to a show. I mean, I'm sure that's part of it, but there's a lot, a big business aspect to it that people don't teach.
0: Yeah, that's true. I, you know, there, there are good books now about it. But when I moved down here, there really wasn't that much information. I didn't have a mentor or anything like that. Hmm. I just didn't – I wasn't getting anywhere. And coincidentally, at, at that time, I met my future wife. You know, I was going to get married, I said, I, you know, I really need to – I've really got to make some money. And like I've joked before, I, I need more stress in my life. So right. I decided to go into advertising. And there was a school in town uh, called the Ad Center, and it was designed to teach – Specifically copywriting, but a lot of art directors went through there too and it was to help you you know f- understand the business part of it too, because everybody who taught there was agency uh, worked in in, uh, in an l a ad agency as a creative director or a senior level writer or art director but just to backtrack about the business aspect of whatever you're in, you have to understand that for instance, the voice over industry is highly competitive. You have to be on top of your game all the time. You have to deliver every time. When I was in the Bay Area, I, you know, I'm not bragging, I knew I was good. I was <clears throat> with a, you know, a, a, one of the top theater companies, uh, you know, and now I have a national reputation. And I I was lucky, too. I got a lot of breaks. But that was because I had confidence and, you know, and I knew people and I was willing to take all the risks that it took. Down here, I didn't network like I should have, you know. I didn't uh, really find out how does a a talent agency work, you know, what buttons do you push and how do you, you know, what classes to take, who are the right people to take classes from, you know, so that you network, so that you then get in Uh, good with the casting directors. That's the name of the game. You've got to be in that pool that the casting directors have. As a a copywriter,
1: and and you always hear the term, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily fully agree with that, but I mean, there's some Mm -hmm. validity to that. That as a copywriter, it was the same. Your successes came more from your networking than your talents, or was it a combination of both things?
0: Well, here's a good way to compare it. Um, You know, as a as an actor, theatrical actor, you're going to have a, a reel, you know, with highlights of, uh, of you know your best acting chops. As a voice actor, you're going to have a, a couple of different kinds of demo reels, depending on your specialties, uh, you know, commercial reel, video game reel. As anybody in advertising, on the creative side, you're going to have a portfolio, and that portfolio is going to include all your print advertising, TV commercials radio commercials.
1: And now internet and, and now, yeah. multimedia and those yeah. things. Yeah. So
0: that's really broadened. And that's your calling card. So as a
1: copywriter, mm-hmm. what, what did you have to learn about
0: clients? And
1: what is the structure of copywriting? Is there something special about it? What's different about it?
0: I didn't learn about clients. I wasn't taught anything about clients. Uh, I was taught how to create basically print advertising at the time, although later in my career, mostly did uh, tv and radio commercials for years i learned about clients you know basically on the street the hard way the hard way yeah Yeah. and you learn from the people who around you who know how to deal with clients Uh, but as a copywriter especially with print advertising there's a there's i call it a trick but there's a sensibility to it when you look at a, a problem that you have to solve and that's what advertising does is solve problems for the client Mm -hmm. and you get a strategy about how to create an ad or what's behind creating this particular ad when it comes to print advertising the trick is to have the headline say one thing and the visual to say something else so it's not like see it say it you have a dichotomy you have two different things going on there and that's what uh catches people's attention then the body copy fills in all the blanks.
1: How would that translate to radio compared to television?
0: Well, now, of course, now radio being a non-visual slash visual medium, it's a whole different game because on the page, when you look at a print advertisement, you know you want to have that that, th- that thing where you go, oh, this headline is saying this, but the visual is saying this, and you go, oh, I get it. I see how it goes together. Now, you can do that in, in radio. You can mislead people by talking about something that maybe seem absurd, but the real message is something else. And it's up to the listener to, you know, read between the, listen between the lines. And then suddenly, oh, there's that turn in the script where people go, oh, okay, that's what's going on, you know, because really good radio advertising, like really good television advertising, but because of the, the nature of the beast of radio advertising, because it it exists in in your head. You can create a life that exists in somebody's head that would might be different than somebody else's, but you know you're still painting pictures. You're still telling a story, and you're still trying to sell something. How creative is it?
1: I mean, you always see ideas about people creating something that's out of the box or unique. Mm-hmm. Everything different is somehow the same. How much creativity are you really allowed to? How far out of the box do you go before somebody reigns you in and says? that's really
0: not the direction we want to go. In my opinion, broadcast advertising pretty much sucks these days. Hmm. It really does. I mean, if you go back 20 years ago or 25 years ago, 30 years ago, there was a time when people were really going outside the box and they were doing stuff that was hilarious, off the wall, unreined in. But very, very specific to their being true to their client and being true to the, the strategy and true to that they're selling something. And it was more freewheeling in those days. I was lucky enough to catch pretty much the tail end of that in my career, and then it resurfaced again during the dot com craze because the advertising once again got really off the wall, and because there was a lot of money floating around, and the ad agencies still and the creatives. Still had a lot of control over what was put out there. Still, you would go in. You know, you would create a bunch of stuff, go into the creative director, throw it on the table, do a presentation because that's how it worked. You had to uh, present internally before it went to the client. Right. And the the the, the, uh, creative director would go, I hate that, guys. (laughs) You know, come back with something better. Right. You know, or you go to the account guy's and they'd say it's not on strategy. So nowadays. To get back to my original premise of this theory, and and because I think that what I see on TV and here on radio is mostly crap, it's because uh, everybody's too afraid to go off the wall, out of the box, whatever term you want to use, because uh, they're crunching numbers all the time about sales... The crunching numbers about what people think about our brand and what we're selling. There's the, the economy. Uh, there's, not a, there's not as much money flowing around. So everybody's counting every penny. Mm-hmm. And they're grinding ad agencies. And they're inserting their own people into the business. Because you've got a lot of young MBAs and they say, wait a minute, man. I went to Wharton School of Business. I know more about this business than you do okay so it's dumbing everything down so creatives can go and they create the most unbelievably individual great ad campaign and they go and they present it to the client and they go no 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 we can't do that first of all it's going to offend somebody well maybe it won't maybe it'll spark an idea in your in your target market you know or it's too expensive or, you know, a million a million reasons why. So you wrote a book, and it's called How to Audition for TV
1: Commercials from the Ad Agency's Point of View.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What ultimately inspired you to write that book?
0: Uh, it's very simple. Uh, I sat in casting sessions in L.A., and, uh, you know, in the dark side of the room, watched thousands of very talented people come in, uh, well, first I'd watch them, you know, on on tape, you know, because the initial call was, you know, was always recorded. And then we would weed out people from that. But then when I was always at the callbacks. And at the callbacks, that's, that's do or die time. And I would watch thousands of very talented people come in and just fall flat in their face. And I started making notes about why they did that. Because I'd been an actor. I'd been there, man. Yeah. You know, it's like, what? Why are you doing this to yourself? You know, you could book this job if you just didn't do this or do that. Or if you knew about the process, if you knew about how an ad agency worked, you'd be much more appreciative of those people back there in the dark. And, and working, going
1: through. working to help you do your job.
0: Yeah. So that's why I wrote it, because I thought I want to see people win. I want to see actors win because we need everybody who comes in that room. We want him to win, cause you're going to save our ass. You're the next guy. Yes, he's the one. Hallelujah! We got a cast, and he's going to be great, or she's going to be great, or whatever. And and it's sad too to see people who are very very talented, you know, just screw things up. You do know? you see that they're
1: talented, but know that they're just not doing? Yeah,
0: they're just the things make, that they need to do. Yeah, they're they're just some very very basic things that people do. People would come in and be uh, trying to sell themselves uh, instead of coming in and just, you know, professional actors. When they walk into a callback, you know they're ready to go. They walk in, they look around, they look for a mark, they look for this. if if there's a script. I mean, just talking like if you're just right, alone. Sure. Right, Not in a group thing. Lots of group things and stuff like that. But if you go in and let's just say you're going to like the old days, the jack-in-the-box spots, which are monologues, you know. The script would be up there, right above the camera, just around eye line there, mm-hmm. you know. And and uh, the pros would come in and go, "Hey, how you doing? Where's my mark? Go And ahead, Get right to business. Take focus. Ready to go. No schmoozing. No nothing. I'm here. I'm in character. I know what to do. Uh, uh, oh, can I ask a question. Sure. Uh, you change the. Uh, the two words in the script there uh, from outside, it's, you know, because they rewrote it up there, because that happens all the time. Right. Do you mind if I just take one second just to, you know, just to familiar? No problem. There's a pro. He's just like, I want to know what's going on. Okay. Director says, give it a shot. Off you go. If he likes you, all right, try it this way. Give you 180 degrees off of what you just did. Just see how you, you know, you can handle it. Right. Well, at that point, If the director thought, you know, you were worth giving some direction to, he wants to find out, are you listening? (laughs) It's a surprise. People just don't even hear what the director said. They do it again the same way they did it before. Hmm. Bye bye. they're not listening. Right. That's one of, you know, a zillion, not a zillion, but, you know, maybe 15 or 20 things that people do wrong. They don't know how to listen. You know, so that just, it was just exasperating to me, you know, uh, that uh, people didn't know how to handle themselves. Uh, they didn't know how to do research on what, what, you know, if you were doing a uh, spot for, I'm, I'm blanking on something. Let's just say you were doing a commercial for an advertiser that had a lot of attitude in their commercials mm-hmm. right well if maybe a carls jr kind of yeah something right. like that i mean if you came in and were doing something that wasn't part of their brand then you don't have any reason being in there because you didn't do your research maybe it's a new company you can go online you can find out a lot of information about a company so you know, you know, I know about these guys from what I've read or what I've seen. I know enough that maybe I can go in with some kind of educated choice.
1: What are some of those things that they do
0: right? Well, I just coming it, in, it, making the mark, mm-hmm. not, not not
1: schmoozing or socializing mm-hmm. when they're when they're, in, they're there to do their job. Right? Are there uh, creative things that they do? Are there things the, the, the that make them own the, the the part more than others?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just like in voice acting, and uh, you know, in all those days that I listen to and cast. Voiceover talent, somebody uh, who comes in may not be right for the part. I'm talking on camera. Sure. But they bring something fresh or different, a way they've thought about that piece. They've done their homework. They're very specific. They're not really acting. I call it being. You know, they're totally in the moment. And they've found a way to look at this character that we haven't thought about and you go wow hadn't thought about that that's really cool that just adds so much you know what have they done that's what do these people do that adds to it that that brings something special and more to that script beyond you know what you thought it was
1: and they nail the part you you cast them mm-hmm. clients are happy and you've got a, a really nice piece on on your reel and your mm-hmm. resume to to move forward with.
0: Exactly. And, you know, in the client's eyes, if everything has gone well, uh, then the numbers come in. Oh, yeah, we've sold a lot of the, these, um, you know, chicken uh, turkey wraps or something like that. So th-
1: there's a question for you.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, there are definitely more specific
1: ways to, to track sales than there were maybe 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. But when you were... Looking at those numbers, how how did you find those numbers out as as the director, as the creative director? Were those numbers shared with you, or did you are there were there other ways for you to understand that your advertising was specifically working?
0: Well, yeah, I'll give you an in fast food, even in uh, thirty years ago, every sale, every cash register was tied to a computer database. So at the end of the day, they just look at the number. They could go store by store. Hmm. Because we'd run a lot of test advertising. So let's say we would say, um, okay, they're bringing out a new product. Let's test it in Sacramento, San Diego, uh, Phoenix, something like that. Maybe they weren't in Phoenix. It doesn't make any difference, okay? They would get same-day sales. They'd run the advertising for two days, and then look at the sales, okay? Then some account guy would come roaring down the hall, waving a sheaf of papers, going, we're not making the numbers. We're going to die. What are we going to do? Okay. So, so what so kinds of adjustments
1: or did, would you make based on that? I mean, how would you even <laughs> figure out why a certain test market wasn't working? Could it be the product? Could it be the advertisement? Yeah,
0: yeah it could be a lot of different things. It yeah. could be um, weather. Mm-hmm. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. From Good. a retail,
1: years of retail, yeah. I mean, that was a big factor. Sure. It was a sunny day. Um, depending on where your location, you would lo- you would actually slow down on sales because mm-hmm. people wouldn't come in, and if it was a particularly bad weather day, mm-hmm. you'd lose sales because people wouldn't necessarily want to come in, in in that
0: given weather. Absolutely. So it could it could have been weather. It could be the product could suck. You know, it could be the competitor has just brought out one too, something very similar. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot. Yeah. And uh, and any you know in, in any business, um, and so. There were there are a lot of factors, and you know it's very hard to make a quick fix uh, in in advertising and uh, broadcast advertising because in print advertising you can run a, nef- a different ad in a day or two. Right, you, know? you can do it in a newspaper. Right, you can or change or, an ad. Or it. on. On, online, especially of it's course, really you can do it that day. Yeah, know. it's really fast Target to specifically
1: to. to a demo and
0: yeah. even uh, even uh, zip code. Right, and and now the way the way advertising works these days, because they're they're just getting into every nook and cranny of your being, so it is you know it's it's easier for them to to change things. But when it comes to uh, uh, TV or radio, uh, it's you just can't do it overnight. Yes. So.
1: Now let's talk about
0: where you are now
1: mm-hmm. as a voice actor. Right. Uh, why did the bug come back, or
0: did it ever leave you? Well, uh, it really never left because, A, I was directing so many sessions, and I was working with such great talent in this town. I worked with all the best people. Um, Bill Ratner, uh, Billy Vera, Hector Elizondo. Um, this is a list a mile of my long of just amazing. Maggie Roswell, um, just amazing people. And I just... I loved working with them. And then I also, because I'm a union actor, mm-hmm. I got to voice some stuff. So every once in a while, I, you know, I could, I could voice something. And so that kind of kept me in, you know. So eventually, I, uh, I got fired from another ad agency, went out and freelanced... <laughs> that's the name of the game. Yeah, sure. Uh, and I, when I was freelancing... And then a guy who had been uh, an account guy at the uh, at Hakuhodo had his own agency, and they would haul me in every once in a while, and I would do, you know, I would clean up some stuff for them or create, I'd created some campaigns and stuff for them. He and his partner, he was an art director, and they did nothing but high-tech business. Well, his art director partner wanted to leave, so he approached me to be a partner in, in the business, and I said... Um, yeah, what's the buy-in, and how are we going to work this out, and I'll do it if we change the name. Because hmm. the, the name of the, the agency at that time was like, you know... Uh, do we cheat them and how, probably. Yeah, it was like, uh, you know, uh, Neil and Fred's Storm and Advertising. So, you know, <laughs> right, it was like, really right, right, right. bad. So, yeah. so I came up with the name Radar Advertising because I liked the fact that we could, you know, it talked about being very pinpointed on stra- strategy and creativity. So we agreed, and, and um, so long story short, uh, we did really well for a couple of years. And the tech bubble burst, and we went under. Um, our biggest client was in Phoenix; they were the second lar- world se- world's second largest distributor of electronics parts, hmm. and they were a cash cow for us. We got a phone call: uh, "You guys got five days to come." Put it together to come down here and defend your business. Hmm. So we went down and uh, it was this was horrible. Um, I put together the best 50, best presentation I've ever had in my life. We walk in, the guy points at me, the new head guy, and he goes, "You've got 15 minutes." Like that, points hmm. at me. Okay, here we go. I knew we were dead. Right. So it was a, it was a slide from there, and I'm thinking. I about had it with this, so I went back to freelancing again, and grubbing around. And I said, you know what? I'm really tired of people saying, "You got 15 minutes," <laughs> you know, You've got, um, uh, uh, you know, you've got to do this, and you've got to be that. And people who don't know anything about advertising giving me, you know, direction and stuff like that. Right. And so I thought, you know what? I really loved it when I was acting, even though it was hard and it was um, hard scrabble at times and things like that. It's a rush, you know yeah, absolutely. I mean there's nothing like walking out on stage in front of a thousand people and you're the only person on stage. I'm telling you.
1: Have you done any live performances as of late?
0: no, nothing i'm I'm thinking of uh, well, if I find the time, I want to start." Auditioning for you know the theatrical stuff. Nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, but you know, walking into uh, a, a booth and standing in front of a microphone. Very similar, yeah. especially
1: when you're auditioning. For yeah, people. especially yeah.
0: when you're auditioning for people. It's it's a and rush well,
1: for that for that one in a million shot of actually booking it when the, mm-hmm. when the competition is definitely out there.
0: Yeah, it nice. really causes you to focus and be specific and do your homework, and go in there and. Uh, be ready to, to rock
1: and roll. You know? So circling back just for a second, mm-hmm. <clears throat> since you've got so much experience, for those who are maybe in another part of the industry mm-hmm. who are maybe considering getting into copywriting, mm-hmm. what words of advice would you have for them?
0: Well, nothing's changed in the fact that uh, it's a highly competitive business, huge egos. Uh, there's, a, there's still a lot of money to be made. And if you get with the right agency... You know, you can make breathtaking amounts of money. Uh, but everybody knows that. And you have to uh, put together a portfolio, be a spec portfolio. That's how you're going to start to, to uh, knock on doors. You, If you can get a headhunter, uh, that's the that's the best thing. There are, you know, a lot of headhunters who will take junior people. And um, they'll start at the bottom. You'll start at the bottom writing um uh, you know, copy for Burger Palace <laughs> <go. laughs> no, 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 that would be a little higher than that well you know all those things you get in the newspaper you know that are you know all those flyers and stuff right, right, you, know, right. a, you know it's like five dollars off buy a pizza you for, yeah, yeah, yeah you're going to be writing that stuff you Got know it. so it's not you know it's not not real glamorous I was I was lucky I, I you know I worked on an airline account, so that was kind
1: nice that, of. That's a pretty cool thing yeah, to, do. to start out with. So. Well, you do sound like Mad Men, don't you? You have got
0: the airline account. Yeah. You had uh,
1: you Jaguar know, for
0: a while. Yeah. You've had no, no, one? I didn't work on cars. Unfortunately, that's the holy grail here in Los Angeles—is to work on a car account. Because Absolutely. if you got a car account, and then you left that agency, you would freelance all over town all the time because all oh, WL uh, worked X worked account. on cars. Yeah, nice. you know, so the, you know that was always that was always attainable. But yeah, but I would say. Uh, to people who wanted to, to want to get in the business i mean if you've gone to to uh college and you have a de- you know you have a degree mm-hmm. uh and you've studied marketing and all that stuff that's going to be a huge huge leg up uh because uh i i didn't have that you know i just but i it was there were different times then you, know? you bet yeah you bet. but but yeah you're going to have to be prepared to uh t- to you know Lead a kind of a hard scrabble life there for a while before. You Almost
1: every career feels that way, though. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, but see, this—I guess this, the higher risk and the higher payoff careers mm-hmm. tend to be that way.
0: Yeah, advertising is a glamorous business to be in, not as much as it used to be, right? Uh, you know, the the days of going out for lunch and then not coming back to the agency are gone. You know, <laughs> <laughs> believe me. Oh, well, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: all sorts of companies. I worked for a company, um, and I I started working there maybe ten years. Uh, after this this era, but they would tell stories about how they would go across the street and they would be drinking, and then they'd come back. And again, you know, just uh, this
0: old school. Mm-hmm.
1: My la- my one question was, did you have to smoke when you were in that agency? Well,
0: I I did smoke. Oh, uh-huh, the there best. you go. I, I quit um, tw- uh, twelve years ago, but uh, y- yeah, I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on. Let me put it to you that. Got way. it. Okay. Yeah.
1: I'll, I'll tell you quick... two, three, four, and five martini lunches. No, <laughs> well,
0: no. I'll tell you a great story. Um, my art director partner at the time, Lou, and I, we were, uh, we were responsible for Hills Brothers Coffee, and they were located in San Francisco. So um, about every two weeks or every three weeks, the two of us would hop on a plane, fly to San Francisco, take a cab downtown to Hills Brothers' offices, which are right on, right next to the Bay Bridge on the water in this grand old building, and we would go up there, and we would take a meeting with them. We would present, you know, the latest advertising. Just two of us go up there, uh, or sometimes a count guy would go along, because they trusted us. And we go up and do the So one day we go up there, we fly up, take the cabin, we do a five-minute meeting, literally five ten-minute meeting. Okay, see ya. Well, what? let's go to lunch <laughs> San Francisco's got some great restaurants amazing restaurants yeah. yeah so we go to lunch we have a bottle of wine you know then we flip a coin who's going to expense it okay <laughs> this is maybe a $120 lunch or something like that right that's pretty I mean even these days that's pretty, yeah, pretty, that's pretty a, stiff pretty, lunch yeah, yeah. so and then you know and then we take the cab to the airport and we miss one flight but in those days there was the United ran the United Express so, oh well we'll catch the next we go to the bar you know blah 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 we finally get home so next day, I lost the, the uh, bet. So it uh, was your flip. expense account. So I expense it. I hand it in. The agency manager who takes care of that stuff comes down in my office. She goes, are you out of your mind? What is this? A hundred and whatever dollars for lunch? Mark will never sign this, the agency president. I said, I bet he does. She and goes, he did. He did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 uh. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. awesome. Hey, your
1: website is wljenkins.com? What is your website?
0: Okay, the website for for voiceover mm-hmm. is w, WL. I can't even say my own damn name. <laughs> which, by the way, stands for World Leader. The world Leader <laughs> Jenkins. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's Commit W-L, that to memory. William Lewis Jenkins. So it's wljenkinsvo, that's for voiceover, dot .com. And then the, the website for the book is howtoaudition.com. How HowToAudition.com. Yeah, and there's a lot of information on that website. And then uh, the book is uh, now in Kindle, and it's on Amazon. Um, it's one of those deals where if you go to Amazon, uh, you have to order it, and then they, they – um, Uh, Then they print them up and then they send them out. We'll go ahead and we'll
1: we'll add a link uh, to the Burger Palace Audio website uh, so that that everybody can directly link right Right. to that and get a copy. It's really an amazing book. It's fun. (laughs) It's it's a good read. Very very educational and it really shows your experience.
0: Thanks. Well, I'm just you know I wrote it like I said because I really want to help actors. I'm an actor and I just uh, you know I just wanted to put everything in there that I could think of. That uh, would be helpful and give you some insight, and you know, and then you know the opportunity here to just sit and talk about uh, about advertising and and th- to think about people who may be considering you know that as a line of work. That's right. you know that's also important for me to talk about. So I appreciate that.
1: Wonderful. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks so much for your time. It's been great talking. To you. Yeah, great yeah.
0: stories, and <laughs> you and I will
1: be sharing more when the microphones starts. <laughs> okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks Come a in. lot. Thank you, you very very much. Well, my pleasure. This has been BPA Presents. Copyright of this program, 2013BurgerPalaceAudio.com and BPA Presents, all rights reserved. I'm Andrew Heil.